Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This is the Ion Travel Podcast with CBS News Travel Editor Peter Greenberg. Hi there, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to another edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. This week, we're coming from Cannes along the French Riviera. No, I'm not here for a suntan but to attend the international luxury travel market. Nearly 4,000 suppliers and buyers of ultra-high-end travel. Airlines, hotels, resorts, tour and safari operators, and cruise lines. Think about this. Each year, this meeting is a true solid indication of traveler sentiment, not to mention what we're actually willing to pay to do it. And the numbers are nothing short of staggering this year. I'll talk with Amir Elan, the CEO of Longwoods International, on his latest research into traveler behavior. The bottom line, we're spending even more for travel, choosing experiences over luxury goods. Then I'll talk to Shannon Knapp, the CEO of Leading Hotels of the World, representing hundreds of high-end hotels. And these hotels are now getting a rate that's about 40% higher than 2019. And let's face it, those rates were high back then. Then I'll speak with Crystal Venice Thomas, who's the global brand leader for Hyatt Hotels, on where she sees all this going. And is it up, up, and away? Maybe yes. First up, with the hard numbers, Amir Elon. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Amir, welcome to the show. Hey, Peter. Great to be back. And the reason why I'm welcoming you to the show is because we're coming up on Christmas, as I'm sure everybody knows, but it's a very good indication, coinciding with what we're doing here at ILTM, as to what people are spending, whether they're spending at all, where they're going, and what their hopes and fears are. And you're the guys who do the research on this. And I, I noticed in your most recent research that, you know, if you go back to September, you had uh, travelers saying, well, you know... We're uh, only about 19% said they were going to spend less on holiday travel this year. Well, guess what? They just did the survey recently. I mean, really recently, that number's jumped to 27%. And that would be somewhat of an indication, Amir, you tell me if I'm wrong, that holiday travel spending is appearing to soften. No, you're absolutely correct, Peter. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, it's, it's what, what's the old line? It's the economy, stupid, right? I mean, it, it is, it is, uh, um, it, it, it is the economy. The sustained uh, high inflation is really uh, starting to uh, impact traveler psyche and their spend in their pocketbook. Um, you know, the good news is we're expecting to see a high travel volume. When we asked the question, only 13% of traveler American travelers said they didn't have any holiday travel plans. But you're right, 8% jump in just two months of those uh, who are going to spend less. Uh, and that, and and the, and uh, same time, conversely we saw a seven point drop in those who said they were going to spend more. It went down from 31% to 24%. But let me ask you this. Even if they're spending less, that doesn't mean they're not traveling, right? Oh, no, no. Like I said, uh, only 13% said they don't have holiday travel plans. Matter of fact, travel demand is still at an all-time high. Nine out of 10 American travelers tell us they have plans to go somewhere in the next six months. That means holiday season, that even looking into spring break of 2023. Yeah, dare I say spring. <laughs> get into winter, exactly. but, but, but it is, um, the demand is there that people are going. All they're doing is they're reallocating their spend, Peter. They're figuring out how to make it work within their budget. So they may buy, buy a few less souvenirs, a few less T-shirts, uh, uh, maybe uh, economize on the, on the meals they're having or the level of accommodation they're, 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 they're going to spend on. But they are going to travel. And they're determined to keep going. I'm, I'm surprised. Maybe you're surprised. I thought the demand would drop off after Labor Day, but it hasn't. It hasn't. It's been really steady. Um, you know, this has been a you know th- 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 this has been a pattern that we really haven't seen before. Uh, in the past, you know, you always say the tour, you know, the travel economy uh, is kind of usually first into the recession and last out. Uh, but we've seen this demand just sustain ever since the pandemic, uh, since people could get back out and hit the road again. People just want to keep going. You know, for the first for the first year or so of this past year, we kind of said it was the year of re. People wanted to reconnect, recharge the batteries, rekindle relationships, reunite with family and friends, and so forth. And now, as we're heading into the, the holiday season in 2023, I think this next year is going to be the year of me. What's in it for me? I want to do things. I, I want to do the things I never could do because I don't know when the other shoe is going to drop again. Well, with your research saying that ninety-one percent of those surveyed are saying they're planning a trip in the next six months, that means that even if they're spending less per trip, they're still spending more. 
Yeah, I think destinations are in for some big crowds. I think I think overall the travel volume is going to offset the decline uh, in, in per person expenditure. Uh, so, so for a lot of destinations, uh, but 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 for those who were forecasting record revenue growth, um, you know maybe that growth is going to slow a little bit. But at the same time, if airlines are flying 10% fewer flights than they were three years ago, don't think your plane's not going to be full because it is. Yep, exactly. So where does this go from here? How, how long can this market sustain that kind of demand? Well, I think it all depends on how, how, how uh, heavy or how light this uh, pending recession uh, is, is going to be. Um, you know, the, you know, if you ask three economists, you get five opinions, uh, but the general consensus from those who look at the travel and tourism industry, uh, more closely is that this will be a softer landing for, uh, the travel and tourism industry. Um, you know, we do are seeing credit card debt, uh, uh, rising in American households again. Uh, we've seen Americans dip into their savings. Um, you know, uh, you know, what, what's happening is these travelers are going to still go, but they're going to be bargain hunters. Now they're going to be looking for a deal. And I think for those of you who are trying to attract travelers, you need to be thinking about uh, just making sure there's a good perception of value. It, you know, so so, so put, put forward uh, great promotions, not necessarily big discounts. And that's interesting because it may not be discounting the rate, but they're throwing in value extra items. So if you're on a cruise, you know, you may be paying what you would have paid three years ago for the cabin, but they're giving you free shore excursions or they're giving you um, onboard credits or all sorts of other goodies. Exactly. The traveler wants that perception of value. They want to make sure they can get the most bang for their buck. So, um, you know, you, 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 I'm not going to pay $500 a night to be at a, uh, at a limited service property, three, 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 uh, three blocks from the beach any, anymore. Uh, if you're, if you're going to get me, you, you got to tease me with some meals. You got to tease me with some upgrades. You got to give me a little extras that I couldn't have that, 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 that I wasn't going to get before. So do you see any storm clouds on the horizon? Well, you know, we do. Uh, there, there, there's still the issue in the travel and, and tourism and hospitality industry in terms of workforce. Uh, we still are, are missing a lot of jobs and aren't, and, uh, so the ability to service customers and customers concerns about, about poor service are continuing to grow. Uh, and, and, and so I see that, uh, you know, despite the record volumes, some businesses just aren't going to be able to accommodate that or folks are going to turn away from some of our industry businesses because they weren't able to offer that great experience uh, there. So combine that with, you know, sustained inflation and value hunting. Um, it's, 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 it's not smooth sailing, uh, ahead. Uh, but the storm clouds, the storm clouds probably aren't as bad as, as one would initially think. And remember, we, we talked about the cruise situation in the next two years, actually in the next 18 months, we're talking 33 new ships coming online. In the next 18 months after that, that number will jump to 75 new ships. That's a lot of cabins to fill. That's a lot of cabins to fill. And, uh, and Peter, you know, you've covered it before. I mean, the airlines, they're still having problems getting pilots back in, right? Yep. And that's going to affect their schedule and affect airlift. And at the same time, let's not kid ourselves, it will also affect airline fares. Amazing. Yes. My thanks to Amir. Now, if anybody's smiling these days... It's Shannon Knapp. 
She's the head of leading hotels of the world, more than 400 high-end hotels around the globe. And why is she smiling? Because the owners of those hotels are smiling as well. People are flooding to these hotels without any concern for price. And it shows no signs of subsiding. And she has some thoughts about how our entire approach to travel may have changed. Welcome. Thank you, Peter. It's great to be here. If we were to look at the year 2020, we'd say easily that was a year of disruption. A year of 2021, a year of uncertainty. But this year was a year of surprises because we all thought travel was going to come back because people, you know, it's not that they want to travel, they need to travel. We figured out that DNA. But I never really thought they'd be coming back in these numbers and willing to travel at any cost. This is something I haven't seen. Your hotels, at least most of the ones you represent, were getting rates they'd never seen, right? A 23 to 27% premium above 2019. Can you explain that? Uh, can I explain it? I think it's a matter of our guests and many luxury travelers around the world just being truly intrepid. And traveling is not something that they do. It's truly something that they are. And they discovered during COVID how desperately and how important travel is to their lives. And so I do think there are probably two factors at play. One is the pent-up demand um, that was that we saw from you know 2020 and certainly some of 2021 being realized in 2022. And the second thing is, I think, is a trend that we saw, which was this uh, phenomenon of trading up. So a lot of our guests uh, were, were getting uh, suites and villas, and so they were paying a higher rate for a larger room this reminds me of something that happened back in 2008, 2009 during the economic debacle. I remember walking into a hotel in Paris in the middle of this debacle and the hotel was completely full of Americans. And I was like, did they not get the memo? And I walked up to them and I said, you know there's an economic debacle, yes. But you're here, yes. Why? And almost unilaterally they had the same answer. We felt if we didn't come now, we'd never go. It was sort of a last supper approach uh -huh. to travel. Yeah. And I think I'm seeing the same thing again. I think that's exactly right. I think that's exactly right. I mean, I can speak for, for our portfolio overall. Our average rate is up 40% from 2019. That's huge. 40%. It's extraordinary. Not only is the rate up, your occupancy's up. Yeah, occupancy is up. It's certainly not up uh, to 2019 levels, but they're more than making hey, it up. With a 40% in increase, you're doing just <laughs> exactly. fine. Exactly. So we understand that people had the pent up demand. We understand they were traveling at any cost and they wanted to upgrade. Yeah. Right? Because they'd been downgraded for two years. Yeah. What are the changes in, in, in traveler behavior? You know, I think we saw some interesting phenomenon in in COVID that have carried on. I mean, certainly I mentioned one with the trading up. But the second thing that we have seen in our business, now leading hotels is a collection of 420 uh, independent luxury hotels around the world. And historically, our business is very much uh, Americans to Europe. And a lot of our hotels rely on the American business. But of course, when the American business wasn't coming in, they were forced to cultivate a different audience, a different guest Other profile. Other people. Other people, <laughs> right? And they did a phenomenal job of cultivating local, regional, and domestic travelers. And the great news, and, and part of what's contributed to our collection's uh, success in 2022, is not only did international travel come back, long haul came back with Americans going to Europe, but they also 
continued to see growth from that domestic and regional traveler as well. So both of those key segments were rising for them, and I think that really contributed to their success. Well, we saw that in the U.S. where Americans were rediscovering their own country. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, but then there's the whole idea of social distancing, because you have hotels in major cities, of course, but you also have resorts in far-flung destinations. I would suspect they were seeing an increase of people saying, I want to get as far away from Cleveland as I can, right. with, no, with no due disrespect to Cleveland. None taken, of course. Yes, we did see a lot of that. Certainly our cities during COVID um, were suffering around the world. That was, I would say, the trend that everybody saw. Um, we saw a lot of resort travel. We saw a lot of um, countryside uh, lakes, beaches. Um, but what's really great news is that in 2022, we've seen a hundred percent increase in city travel. So our great cities are back and people, even on the weekends, even on the weekends. In fact, thanks to this, well, I, I don't, I don't love this term, but I'll say it anyway. Thanks to leisure travel, now that people have this, I the, hate that. Term. I know. I'm I sorry, really but do. come bleasure. up with a, it's. But what we're seeing is, you know, what that makes you think what? that everybody's wearing their bleisure suits. Their bleisure suits. Yeah. yeah. Well, you yeah. must wear your bleisure suit yeah. when you're bleisure traveling. Um, <laughs> but what we are seeing, and I, we just had this conversation at our annual convention with our GMs in uh, Mexico a couple weeks back, is that they have they're filling Sunday nights. In, in a way that they never have before, right? So you had the, the business traveler coming in on Mondays. You had the, you had the leisure travelers, you know, sometimes um, leaving kind of Saturday or Sunday. They're now f- having people stay from Thursday to Monday or Tuesday because they have the flexibility to They're work sending. from anywhere, right? So that, that's an interesting phenomenon that we're seeing. All right, so now I have to ask the devil's advocate Uh-oh. question. I, here it comes. How long can you sustain this? I mean, if I knew the answer to that question, I think I would be a, a I mean, millionaire. I mean, everybody's but... sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Well, here's what I can tell you as we look ahead at business on the books for 2023. And before you even answer that, yeah. let's let's build into this, right? We have inflation. We have fuel prices. Yep. We have um, the cost of living. We have choices that people have to make, yep. right? And yet they seem to be making a choice that travel is not going to be taken off the agenda. Other things will. Yep. So, you know, the, the, the trends that I'm seeing is that, you know, people are saying, okay, holiday shopping, and we'll see those figures in a couple of weeks after the new year. Yeah. We won't see them until then, right? But holiday shopping, retail choices are going to be interesting because either someone doesn't get a present or they get a less expensive present or buying for myself, I don't buy the new car, right. I don't buy the new clothes, I don't go out to dinner every night, right? Right. And one of the indicators that I've seen now is you got to look at the shippers. Here's FedEx closing 90 offices and starting to park planes. When was the last time you heard of FedEx parking planes in November and December? Yeah. Never. Yeah. So the, so the good news for you guys is people are going to still travel. Yeah. But for everybody else, it could be a tough year. Yeah, no, it's it's tough. And I think, you know, the macroeconomic, the geopolitical situation that we're facing, it's very unprecedented in terms of the number and confluence of headwinds that, that we're facing. And I think that that's going to lead to a lot of heartache for a lot of Europeans and a lot of Americans in terms of energy costs and inflation and the choices they have to make. With that being said, you know, the luxury traveler at this point appears to be extremely resilient. I think we learned that through COVID. We're seeing it now. And I think to your point earlier, our travelers, it's what they, it, travel is what, who they are, right? It's not, a, it's almost, a, they feel like it's not even a choice to make. They, they have to do it. And as I look ahead, even with all of these, this confluence of, of macroeconomic geopolitical uh, occurrences happening in the world, we are still seeing business greater than this year, next year. So 
reservations are up, revenue is up, and ADR is up over the same ADR time. ADR meaning average daily rate. Correct. So we're still seeing growth in rate, we're seeing growth in reservations, and we're seeing growth in revenue over where we were at this time last year. And this year, 2022, was a, uh, a record revenue year for leading hotels of the world. The largest revenue we've ever generated as a company for our members. We're ahead of that for next year. And let's be honest, Shannon, you didn't see it coming. Uh, I did not see this level of recovery coming, very honestly. I think we were cautiously optimistic. We were speaking earlier about uh, when we were here at this time last year, we were encouraged by what we were seeing, but certainly the results have exceeded my expectations, and I would say most most of our expectations. And here in Con, you've got thousands of people here representing hotels and resorts from all over the world that are luxury, that are upscale, that are not doing $99 a night room rates, and they're selling. Yep. They're selling and selling. What's the challenge then? Well, I do think we we would be naive to believe that what is happening on the on the macroeconomic geopolitical level won't have some impact at some point. Um, but I, you know, I do believe there is uh, a, at some point we will reach the pinnacle of the mountain and it, things will start to level off. But I don't a- anticipate, and we are certainly not um, budgeting for twenty twenty three a decline. We're, we're, we're budgeting growth. We expect this to continue. Um, and we're excited about the growth of the portfolio, uh, the new members that we've added. We're excited about travelers traveling and experiencing the extraordinary hotels that we have within the portfolio. Um, and I think if I knew the challenges, listen, I would, I would share them with you. I think what we have to be is resilient. We have to be ready. We learned to be agile. We learned how to respond and, and react to the things that we're faced with. And um, I expect we will continue to do that as things roll at us. Of course, the one lesson that we've always learned about traveler behavior is that when you do get to the pinnacle of the mountain, you're still asking for the upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Come on. Absolutely. Upgrade is one of the most important benefits to our Leaders Club members who are our our top customers for sure. I want you to take off your CEO hat for a second, Shannon. Just put on your traveler hat. How have your travel patterns changed? What are you doing differently in the last three years when you approach a hotel? It's a great question because my my travel habits have changed and I think it's a combination of factors. The first one was COVID and the second one is I have young children. So the way I travel now is very different from the way I traveled five years ago. So whereas I- And your kids want an upgrade too, don't uh, they? Yes. Yeah, okay, fine. My, yeah. Yes. My daughter is uh, well-trained. She's six. But, you know, so historically I would always take a beach vacation in first quarter, a city vacation in second quarter, maybe another beach vacation in third quarter and a ski vacation in fourth quarter. That was- You're the, that planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh for my sure. God. My team knows that if I, if I don't take a vacation every quarter, it's- You it's, take hostages. It, yeah. It's okay, important it. for okay. everybody yeah. that I do that. But now obviously- we we were we were kept at home for so long and and life was so different and now i found that i'm a lot more to your point peter spontaneous so we we were just talking uh, my family and i were just talking the other day and we debated whether or not to go away for the uh, the Christ- the week between Christmas and New Year's. And you, first of all, you could never do that historically because there was zero availability. And second, like just to, to say, oh, three weeks, maybe we'll go away. So I'm a lot more spontaneous now. And you're seeing that in the business a lot more close in bookings. Yeah, we are. We are seeing some return to the old patterns, but there still is a, a decent number of last minute, long weekend getaways, our favorite word, bleisure. Um, you're not allowed to say I'm that sorry, word again. I'm sorry, that's it. I just wanted to annoy okay, you for fine. one second. And you did. Yeah. Um, so we're seeing, we are seeing kind of two ends of that spectrum, the, the return to the longer booking windows, but still a good chunk of, it's like a barbell, you know, if you think about the, the so are you going away? We decided not to (laughs) because sorry, but I've been traveling so much in the last two months. I just, I really just want to be home. All right. But you're seeing much more close in bookings, right? People less sensitive to price. Mm -hmm. 
But what are they asking for at the hotels that they didn't ask for before? Well, I, I'm not sure if it, they didn't ask for it before, but I would say that um, between the changes in their choices of, of room product, but also their desire for experiences, which has really accelerated since COVID and the desire to experience something culturally, um, to experience something that maybe other guests don't have access to, to experience something. That Experiential one-upsmanship. Exactly. That they can take home in a way it's, it's social currency that they can take home and they can talk about, they can post on, you know, on uh, the social media channels. They um, are really looking for uh, an authentic experience. And that's one of the things about leading that's fantastic, right? Is our hotels are um, rooted in their destinations and they, their staff has grown up there and lived there and their families have been there for generations and they can do that. You know, you talk about posting on Instagram or, you know, or TikToking, whatever. Five years ago, people would, would Instagram their food. Today, yeah. they're Instagramming themselves, making their own food in the restaurant with a chef. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing is this. It gets down to the training of the hotel general managers as well. Traditionally, the old, of course, all the playbooks have been thrown out, but <laughs> traditionally, the playbook for most hotel general managers says, what are all the great things you could do at the hotel because you're at the hotel? That's right. Today, it's what are all the great things you can do within a 50-mile <coughs> radius of the hotel? That's exactly right. Because you're at the hotel, and the hotel enables you to do. What experiences can the hotel facilitate for you in the destination as opposed to the hotel being a destination in and of itself? 100%. So that forces you to be much, as a, as a hotel general manager or a concierge, it forces you to be much more creative. Absolutely, and and have those relationships with the local artisans and the, the local creators. And, and that's, again, something, as a leading hotel, that's something that many of our hotels, they, they live there. They've lived there for generations. They know the candle maker and the, the ham slicer, and they, they can create really, truly extraordinary experiences that you couldn't get if you didn't have those lifelong relationships. Are you trying to tell me that I can do late night ham, ham yep. slicing? Yeah, if you, uh, I hear that there's going to be ham slicing at the ILTM booth for Leading Hotels of the World, so maybe you should come by, Peter. Ham slicing. Yep. I'm a pescatarian. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> now, fish butchering. We'll, we'll see if we can get a, a filet, a fish uh, filet. Yeah. Well, that's McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fish filet, a fish filet. Filet, oh, fish. <laughs> Come on. But no, because right now what you're doing is it's really forcing the hotels to come up with stuff that's truly out of the box. Yeah, that's right. To be creative, to showcase what's best about the destination that they're in. I mean, eight years ago, you had a pillow concierge <laughs> or, a, or a bathrobe concierge. Now all the things are outside the hotel. That's right. Yeah, it's experiential concierge. Absolutely. What's the craziest experience you're actually offering these days? Oh, I, that's a hard question. But I can tell you, for me, one of the most lasting experiences that, experiences that I personally had as a traveler was when I was in Marrakesh, staying at the Royal Mansour. Um, really shabby hotel. <laughs> yes. Um, with the extraordinary JC. Um, Jean-Claude Massant, sorry. Jean-Claude, who I knew from Monaco. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one of the most extraordinary hoteliers in the world. Correct. Now, he is um, also an extraordinary um, man in general, and they um, the hotel works very closely with um, a, a, a group there that supports um, orphaned children. It's called Fears and Fort. And um, he gives generously, the hotel gives generously, they um, do extraordinary work for these children. And we had the opportunity to tour um, the beautiful home that basically the, the support of um, Jean-Claude and, and those at uh, Royal Mentor had done. And it was truly a life-changing experience. Um, they also create um, textiles that you can buy that support the community. And so it's just, I, I think right now the biggest trend for many of our guests is 
they they would like to be transformed by travel, but they also want to transform the destination that they're in. They want to leave the destination better than they found it. My thanks to Shannon. And speaking of traveler behavior, Crystal Venice Thomas has seen a big change. Very few of us are booking way in advance. We just do it at the last minute. And again, without much regard for price. But what does this mean about changing lifestyles once we're at the hotel? Thomas thinks she knows. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Hello. So, we're you know, I go back to 2020. That was disruption. 2021, confusion. 2022, revenge. <laughs> I mean, everybody coming back. Write that down. Can you, I write that you, down? You can write that down. <laughs> no, great. but everybody coming back. And not being price sensitive. Yeah. Um, they were traveling at any cost. You know, uh, most hotels we're looking at are getting between 35 and 40% higher rates than they got in 2019. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, and pretty crazy, right? I mean, what is that? How, how do you look at that? I mean, I've, first, I have to think about a consumer first because as a member of this industry, I'm also a consumer of it, right? So I think about my own behavior. And when I was sitting in my uh, apartment during 2020, the first thing I could think of was where I was going to go as soon as I was allowed to. And you, obviously, you were not alone. That's I was, what happened. Yeah, I was not alone. And so I remember the first moment that planes could fly again, I went from Chicago to L.A., and I didn't care how much it cost. At that time, it was about $7. <laughs> but you know, for a my, flight. I remember this. Yeah. My one-way fare from L.A. to New York during the pandemic, and of course, because there was nobody on the plane, I got immediately upgraded, Yep. <laughs> was $93. It was, it was, it was really ridiculous. incredible. Today, it's 930 Today, it's a little crazy. Yeah. yeah I, I just did a $1,000 flight round trip, L.A. and New York, in a time that normally... 2019 it would have been 300 bucks yeah, yeah. yeah so it's 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 crazy to look at but when i think about like you said i, I don't know that i would have called it revenge travel for me but i think there is some really pent-up energy to make sure that you get to see all the places that that you've wanted to and almost double down on what you missed out in that 2020 time and even seeping into 2021 especially now so it's been incredible to see not only the travel go up, but see how the industry has responded to it. Because again, we're consumers of it too. So I think we're so excited to welcome people back. This is what we do. And many of our hoteliers were at home as well, not being able to do and provide service like what they, they've been living to do. And if you look at the arc of it all, yeah, there was a time in 2020 and especially in 2021 
when many American travelers were essentially, not by choice, not because they planned it that way, Mm -hmm. rediscovering their own country. Oh, absolutely. By driving. Yeah. So I had some friends and we would even hear stories from some of our member, our World of High members saying this is the first road trip that they've taken or ever thought to take. Yeah. And you saw that a lot in California. What a great coast to be able to explore. We live in L.A., an hour and a half to Santa Barbara, um, three hours to just north of that going to Carmel, Big Sur, and then people in the Midwest and even New York going down to Jersey and Connecticut and different places that uh, folks hadn't thought to, to go before certainly by car and then spending more intimate time with their family in the meantime as well or dysfunctional time or dysfunctional because i have to tell you i I used i i didn't used to laugh i continue to laugh every year at thanksgiving and christmas and other major holidays when AAA announces how many million americans will be traveling by car here's what they're not telling you how many people are in the car oh yeah because as gas prices go up that's right right it's the it's like the entire extended family. It's like a clown car, yeah, with everybody in there and granny straps on the roof. And and who knew the HLV line would be so popular during exactly. that time too, right? Now <laughs> but it I was mean, easier. That's to- <laughs> how people adapted to it because they that's couldn't right. afford the airline tickets mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, and now it's gas. So even though that's going down a little bit more, but now but- let's talk hotels because. Yep. You're looking at hotels, not just Hyatt hotels, but hotels in general, yeah. getting between 35 and 40% above what they were getting in 2019. That's right. It's one thing to look at that going the way all the way through the summer of 2022. But now we're, we're entering 2023 at a time of the year that with the exception of Christmas and maybe Thanksgiving, it's usually a very slow quarter. That's right. It wasn't this year. Yeah, it's it's been incredible. And I think people are taking that trip. I, You know, Peter, when I think about even the pandemic and how it's had folks reprioritize what's important to them. I think it also made people rethink, what am I waiting for? Why would I hold off on this moment that I've been planning for so long? Or why wait a year, you know, like I do every year to do that trip? We understand how your behavior or my behavior may have changed Mm -hmm. during the pandemic because we travel, right? How have your guest behaviors changed? Yeah, I think just going back to the drive market as well, I think some of our guests who would have typically never driven. They have thought about different modes of transportation, our own World of Hyatt members too. We introduced during the pandemic this uh, initiative called Work From Hyatt. So to incentivize travelers to, okay, you're working from home. How about change up your daily practices and come to a Hyatt and and we'll give you some benefits in order to do that while you're staying with us, whether it's taking care of your dry cleaning or taking care of your pets. And so our members have seen that as, okay, you're thinking about me in a different way because my travel behavior isn't the same as it was but you're allowing me some little as a local resource as a local resource and sometimes again that like maybe an hour away maybe in the same city but really that behavior of thinking a little bit differently about how we kind of tap on that need to travel I think even internationally you know the flights were a little bit better too so when we think about our world of hype members that are trying out new hotels we've had a number of acquisitions in the last couple of years that have opened up really more opportunities for our travel our travelers to think even differently about brands and which ones they want to stay at all inclusive now with the AMR collection as part of Hyatt Hotel so trying out different things and experimenting I think we're seeing a little bit more freedom and flexibility from our members you know what I what I love I love now that I see when I, when I check into a hotel now I'm not attacked by tent cards paper promotional materials I used to walk into a hotel and just like I was like clear the everything table, you know? I just wipe it off <laughs> yeah. now I, I 
it's a workspace I can use. Yes. Well, that's important. I mean, even when we were thinking about Caption Baha'i, our newest brand, which sits in the select and lifestyle space, one of the things we saw in that segment was in order to achieve that kind of cost range that we're looking for in, in select across the industry, people were getting rid of the workspace. But what we found was actually... No, I don't want to work, sleep, eat, and do all the things in the same bed. (laughs) I want a separate space. And so we thought it really important to make sure that you had that extra area so you don't feel so crowded. Even if a room is a little bit smaller, you have a separate space to to live um, while you travel. Let's see. Here it comes. (laughs) No, because this is pre-pandemic, which is still a problem now. Yeah. The people who design hotel rooms think they're going to become new best friends with me if they trap me with mood lighting. (laughs) That has been a thing for a long time. You with Peter. me on this? <laughs> I can I can be in some I mean, in some ways. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a hotel in London called the Goring. It's a it's a family owned hotel. It's where Kate Middleton spent the night before she got married to William Wright. But they have a little <laughs> box on the on the on the bedside table, and the box is the light switch, and it has four buttons: bright, medium, low, and ooh. Oh, right? so you have, but it, that's their version of a rheostat, right? Yeah. But it gives you the option because I don't know about you, but people, when I go to a hotel, I want to be able to read. Yeah. I want to be able to sit in the, look, well, there's I, a nightlight, you know, you don't start, like, oh, that, oh, please. <laughs> you don't like that? Just Are you put kidding? it in your eyes. No, it looks like the surgeon's coming in. No, but. <laughs> or the dentist. Or the <laughs> dentist, right. Is it safe? No, but that's another story. No, but, but. You get into a hotel room. I don't know, but you do. I, I take my laptop in the bed, mm. and I sit in the bed and watch TV, and I'm doing this. That's yeah. my office, right? Yep. And But if I can't read, That's right. and I can't see, it's a problem. Yeah. Right? So you want to put me in a bad mood, give me b- mood lighting. Yeah. It's, with it's no options. It's that, how that those different nuances within the design of a room, and I remember in, in my previous life, on the other brands, when we would get complaints about, of course, the lighting in the bathroom, um, anyone who tries to put on makeup in you know, a mirror and not having an enough lighting to do that well it, there's one more thing okay and it's, it's women's complaining to me all the time yeah it's the lighting in the bathroom and, and by the, the way if the lighting works in the bathroom the rest of the room is going to be great that's right because you spend more waking hours in your bathroom than any other room in the mm. hotel but there's something else and it's really particular to you guys right there's not enough space in the bathroom on the to sink for all legs. the oh. stuff you take with you oh got it they have search and rescue teams trying to figure out what's in your bag right <laughs> but no but they do and you know I'm right. Well, from I a design tell you, point of view, yeah. And then last thing, what idiot thought that putting a marble floor in the bathroom was a good idea? Well, if it's heated, no, that's no, no. Okay. You're still gonna slip and crack your skull. <laughs> okay, fair. The point is this: <laughs> put it on the sink, marble on the sink. Love you, yeah. marble on the floor. Crawl out of the you crawl out of the shower because you don't want to kill yourself. I hear you. You with me? I hear you. Okay, just th- just checking. Just just I'll tell you with caption behind it. One of the things we found as well, testing with guests, we wanted to make sure that our counter space was big enough for all the things that we have. Yeah. And we were that's one of our most positive responses is like, oh, the bathroom sink is really big. It fits all of my stuff. So See? I think we, we were thinking you about it. Some Shout there. out to Kenneth V. Mill who designed that. <laughs> all right. So you're scoring some points. Yeah, a little bit. My thanks to Crystal, to Shannon, and to Amir. And my thanks to you for listening to this Ion Travel podcast from France. For more conversations with the world's leaders in travel, as well as answers to your travel questions, be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And for all the breaking travel news, or as they say in French, mon dieu. Well, you know what to do. Just log on to petergreenberg.com.
The Ion Travel Podcast is produced by Amanda Morris and Anthony Protis-Chung. For more content from Peter Greenberg and the Ion Travel team, visit petergreenberg.com. Ion Travel is a production of CBS News Radio. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.